Welcome to Disrupt You. This is the show where we'll hear what changes are headed to colleges and universities in all departments. We'll learn what innovation really means in higher education. Welcome back to Disrupt You. This is one of your co-hosts, Dr. Dustin York, and I am now an Olympic aficionado. I am practicing my sand volleyball for 2024 year, and my co-host... Aaron Boswell. Hello. How are we? Aaron, I feel like there should be a men's and women's like dual sand volleyball and we would dominate. I don't like, I don't do anything outside. I already told you that. So I don't like playing sports outside. I was a gymnast as a child. I don't know if you knew that, but I was a gymnast. What would be your Olympic event? It would be, it would be gymnastics. Yeah. I, I really, I love, I love the floor. The floor. Yeah. The tumbling. That was my jam. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I'll look for you in uh, 2024. I hated the balance beam, but we can talk about that later. That's not what this podcast is about. So I am coming at you live from a new location today. Uh, my remote work office, which is awesome because that's what we're going to talk today, talk about today. And um, if you are watching us on YouTube, which you should check us out on YouTube, if you want to see our smiling faces during this, uh, uh, go to Dr. Dustin York, the channel on YouTube, and there's a playlist called Disrupt You. You can see us on there, but I'm going to check. I'm going to show you where I'm at. Okay. I am in my six-year-old's closet. That's where I work from home, but it gets, it's given me peace because there's a door and I can shut it and I, and I get some peace, but that is an introduction to what we're going to talk about today, which is remote work. I know last week we talked about the hybrid experience, different experiences for students, you know, what they want, what their preferences are. And I thought today we should talk about the staff and the faculty. What are you, are you up for talking about that today? Oh, I love it. I feel like we're going to get, we're going to, we're going to have differences of opinion here. I'm excited. I know we might duke it out today. Throw the gauntlet. Okay. So what's your, what's your take, your per, just your personal take on how you feel about remote. My personal take. I am a person who is easily distracted. So when COVID happened, I was really concerned that this was not going to work. Like being at home, I was going to get super distracted. I wasn't going to be able to get work done. And turns out it was exactly the opposite. I found that my biggest distraction is, is people. And so I'm really social person. And I found out that I could really get in the grind at work but are at home but the problem was months into it when we still weren't going back to work at all I was getting some burnout because it was like all work all the time I wasn't like I wasn't taking breaks I wasn't like connecting with people and so when we started going back to hybrid which you're not gonna be surprised because you know I liked hybrid from last week mm-hmm. I really love it. I love, love, love working from work a couple days a week and working from home a couple days a week. I almost like plan my week out around, like I need to power through some stuff. I'm going to plan. I'm going to block that out for the days I'm home. And the other days I'm going to do my meetings with people. I'm going to leave time for connecting. Cause I, I do think that's still really important. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important part of, of career development and, you know, just staying in tune with your team, mm-hmm. but uh, hybrid has been really, really good for me. I, I really enjoy the kind of half and half. How about so, you? 
My question for you. So, um, well, data right now, a lot of uh, Washington Post came out with a really good one. Google has come out with a good survey on millennials specifically. Aaron, you're a millennial. That say, you know, almost 40% are going to leave their job um, post-COVID. This year, they're going to leave their job for another job. And they said, yeah. they will, and the majority of those individuals, I think it's like 33% of those individuals says they will not accept another job unless there's at least some remote work. So I am to totally in that camp. You're in that camp. I would never take a job again that didn't allow me to work probably at least two days a week at home, mm -hmm. but at least one day. I, I can't, I need that day now for, for my product, like for me to be as productive as, as I need to be. And there is some balance to it. Like I don't have as long of a, I don't have as long of a commute that day. You know, I get to wear my pajamas that day. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just a different feel. And I, I can't go back from that. I can't. Yeah. And so I'm definitely in that camp and I resonate hard with that. One thing that makes me think of is, you know, when I worked at agency life, we had uh, no talk Thursdays it was a similar, not, not exactly. So you still have to be in the office, but it was basically what you got at where you, you felt like you didn't, you weren't socially obligated when you got like coffee to have a conversation because you made eye contact with somebody. And that took yeah. off like neither one of you really wanted to have a conversation, but it was a social thing and whatnot. So, and I, people loved it. Like, it sounds bad. No talk Thursdays. It sounds like harsh, but like, no, it was awesome. It was, I would, I'm the person that people don't want to talk to though. Like I'm the per. like I, there is no obligation for me. I just want to talk to people. That's the problem. I'm the person that on Thursdays people will be avoiding, okay. you know, talking to. So I, I really need that, that, that separation. Yep. So I think there's a couple topics here. I want to dive into, I want to okay, dive into a couple things. I think one, we're going to put a pin on, and I want to come back to this on the, on the second half is that, okay, how do we keep people engaged? Cause that's the big question mark for a lot of leaders is we're open to this, but we're seeing engagement go down, retention rates go down. People are leaving mm -hmm. like you say you wanted, but long-term, right? So I want to get to how leaders can engage and keep that team um, alive in that form. But here's, I'm going to bring up this one that I am, I'm okay with what you're saying. Cause I think we're, we're going to debate here. I'm okay with one day a week. Okay. If you say every Friday, we're going to have remote day. Okay. A remote day, oh, but everyone I could get back. into it. I'm going to spar with you. Cause I think Friday is the worst day for remote Any day. day. I'm okay. I don't care what day. Okay. 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 It could okay. be Wednesday, but everyone has to have the same day. Two, you're getting the border. I'm not, I'm not going to eat your lunch on two days. Three, I'd say, heck no. Heck no, not going to happen. Three days right now. Three days is no. what I'm at home right now. Love it. I Here's love it. Thing. Here's my take. Okay. I want you to push back. I want to tell you. I'm I ready. You to tell me how I'm wrong here. I think the more remote we go, especially full remote, there's a lot of issues, a lot of issues in full remote. One being it's easy to replace and salaries go down, right? If you live in a big city like New York City, you go full remote. I don't have to pay you New York, New York City prices anymore. I can pay you Cleveland, Ohio prices now. And if I can pay you Cleveland, Ohio prices, can I then outsource? Can I have pay by hour sort of individuals to like virtual assistants? I use a virtual assistant um, and it's cheap and the, that person does my great work for me. So I think there's that issue of, okay, you're opening up now. You're making you as an employee, it becomes a little uh, sketchy, but here's the big thing. I think I feel like if we go, keep going in this direction, you as an employee have to choose your priorities. If you say work-life balance is your number one priority, upward mobility, 
rising the ladder, becoming a VP is not, right? I am 100% happy for you. Go remote. Five days a week remote. Do it. I love it. Live your best life. I am championing you through and through. If you want to be a vice president, if you want a promotion every two years, et cetera, in a rate, you can't do it. It, it, you can't. There's not going to be a VP that's, that's going to be promoted at 99% of organizations if you're fully remote because, and I want to hear you what you thought here, Aaron, it's that face-to-face -face interaction. It's those meetings after the meeting. After the, the meeting, you have that face-to-face. -face. Hey, I can show up and be in that place. Hey, so-and-so. Hey, Jennifer, let me, let me partner with this. I, I, let me you know, pick your brain while walking to the water cooler. Those are the people that, unfortunately, it's not skill. It's the individuals who show up in those spaces will get looked at and makes a lot of people angry, but it still happens today. What are your thoughts? Why, how am I wrong here? Oh, it's hard because I'm thinking in the scope of higher ed. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm thinking in the scope of all, all jobs. I mm -hmm. think there's some industries it, it can work. Mm -hmm. And I think there are companies that are going fully remote. So I don't know if that same logic translates when everybody's at home you know mm -hmm. these some of these companies are getting rid of massive buildings you know they're offloading them but if we're coming back to higher ed yeah higher, you know they're not going that way that's a hard i don't know i think your traditional college i think if you are student facing there's you've got to be on campus some at some point mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i mean if your students are there you got to be where your students are right I, I still think there's some flexibility, uh, especially if you've got team coverage and, and, and there are people always there for students, but mm, I don't know. But as we grow in different arenas, are there parts of higher ed that don't need to be in there? I don't know. You know, if you are, if you're working in adult and online, you know, in an, an online shop, do you need to be there? I, I don't know. I, don't I, still know. Think, I think if you're in Again, it comes to life, you know, work life. I'm not saying it's the same way for everyone. I think um, what got, I used to use a lot. I know you know this. I used to say this a lot in classes and whatnot. And then like hustle and drive. I don't use those terms anymore because you came like hustle porn. Like all these Instagram people yeah. started making, right? But I think it's that idea of if you want the Mercedes and the materialistic things, yeah, you're not going to be able to do the same thing as everyone else. And here's when we come to financial. I want to give your specific thoughts on this. I honestly believe that the more it, it's going to disenfranchise specifically female employees more than their male counterparts financially, right? Because we see gender gap in, uh, in pay right now, as is. I feel like if you look at five, six years out, it's only going to get worse simply because of this. Here's why. And I want to hear what you think. In my household, I know, I 100% know during COVID, my wife took more of the brunt from the child caring perspective. I would, I suspect that is the majority of households, not saying it's all of the households, but it, it to, you know, the, the life that we live, that's what we have. She did take, and I, I help her where we can and whatnot. And she would be more willing to go remote because of, you know, the ability to do those, those, um, the child uh, support and whatnot. So I feel like more women will take that opportunity because of home obligations and things going on and, and biases, biases is going on. Therefore, the male counterparts are more likely in the offices in higher ed. And who's going to get promoted more? The ones that we see their face, not because of anything else. I'm, I'm worried about that. 
I'm worried then about as, that, that. But as we talk about disrupting higher ed, mm-hmm. that has to be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has to be part of the conversation that I would also argue that your productivity from women, regardless of where they've been, has not gone down in this. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. And so part of disruption is we have to rethink that as leaders, mm-hmm. right? Like we've got to be more cognizant of the biasy we are putting out as we promote people, as we up yep. salaries. So, so I would say what you're saying on a, on a whole level, but from a disruption standpoint, don't we have to do that at the leadership level? Don't we have to break that down and, and, and change that? I mean, that needed to be changed before COVID, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know, I don't know how to do that, but is that where the true disruption has to happen? I mean, so I think we're, we're looking at this from a couple from different ways. And I'm, I'm real, this, this is an interesting conversation because when I think about remote, I've always thought about it from the student perspective. So I've always thought about it from how do we serve students, you know? So, but you're thinking about it from a, an employee perspective. So it's like, how do I, my career, how do I continue to grow? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll throw a stat at you. I'll throw a stat at you. Because I hear what you're saying too. This isn't a COVID thing. This is a work. This is a U.S. thing of gender inequality. I argue there's 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 problems in higher ed as a whole. You yeah. know, when you think about res life staffers, and and not everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but you know, you've got you've got some people working a lot of hours a week in higher ed. You know, um, kind of nonstop. That we've got burnout. We've got you know, I think that's a cycle in higher ed that we've, we've got to rethink and we've got to think, how do we look at this differently? Yeah. What, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What is, so here's, here's a stat for you. So in the U.S., so we look at gender inequality and pay, and I think virtual comes into this, that actually entry-level position across the U.S., it's almost nothing anymore. We've gotten that point where that gap is, is not existent anymore in entry-level only. In within male and female uh, salaries, but once you get into mid manager and VP, that 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 grows, that expands dramatically. And that's I think what I'm worried about in this virtual side. Is sure if you, I'm worried about the entry level employee. I think even more the entry level female employee will come in and say, "Hey, I'm making the same. I, that's awesome. I get to stay at home." I'm not taking a pay cut. I'm making what everyone else is making. I get to negotiate and whatnot. It's that 10 years out, that, that compound interest over time of showing up in that space. I think that's what I'm worried about. And here's a tactical change. And I, I, I pitched this, I think on season two or season one to disrupt you is what, if higher ed leans in more into on-site daycare, not free daycare. I'm not saying free by any means because that costs money. A lot of organizations are against it, but if you lean into that, you support all employees, but specifically your female employees and growth, and you get more diversity into executive levels and leadership levels because of that. Am I wrong there? I, it's expensive. I know. I'm, and I'm not one mom in higher ed. I'm one mom in higher ed. I don't want my kids at my work. Mm, okay. If it's free, I'm definitely bringing my kids to work. Okay. But if it's not free, that's just one more distraction for me at work. Mm -hmm. And for me, part of 
part of what I do is I got to compartmentalize in some way. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't believe in work-life balance. I think there just is mm-hmm. work-life flow, if you will. You know, there's times in which work needs more from you. There's times in which your family needs more from you, but it's important for me to kind of separate as much as I can. Um, and for me, I'm like, oh, my kids aren't, but I know that there's moms out there that might, that might want that. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to speak for all, for all the moms in, the, in higher ed, you know, um, or, you know, just in general in the workforce. But for me, that would be a distraction. Now, if it's free or severely dis, like it's a pretty good discount, I'm going to do it. And it's, it, you know, it would help. It would help a ton in that way. Okay. Let me ask one question. I want to move on to that, that um, how to get people kind of engaged and whatnot. So I think we agree that one day remote, I think we're around target. Yep. Absolutely. I recommend that to anyone. It doesn't matter what your position is, where you are, anything like that. Um, I, my question for you is who would you recommend full virtual to? Like who is that employee that you visualize that you'd say, yep, I would recommend fully remote work to that individual. For me, it's that person that doesn't care about you know, ladder climbing, it's for work like that. But I feel like it's different with you. Who is that? Who's the person that fits that for you? Hmm. I am super about individual like needs. And so for me, I'm like the person who needs that. Hmm. You know what I mean? The person who has felt like this is working for them and that, that, you know, that's how they, that's how they want to complete their work. However, I do hear what you're saying around engagement, that that might be, might make it more difficult to engage in the community, especially I think for new employees. I, I, I especially hear that. I think, you know, we all popped into COVID. Many of us had been at our organizations and our companies for a long time, you know, so I already felt really connected to, to the community, but I, I, I do I am concerned about onboarding fully virtual employees. I think, um, I think there's going to be companies that do it. We got to get really good at it, though, mm-hmm. right? Like I, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like it's the employee that that works for them. Um, but I, but I don't know long term, and I hear what you're saying about is that going to hurt them for for growth. I, I do. I hear what you're saying. I don't know what the, I don't know what it looks like yet. Yep. Um, but I hear your concern. Yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, here's the harsh way to put it. If you want a Mercedes someday, go to the office. That's just my point of view. If that's your if that's the thing you want, not saying that should be your thing you want. But if that is sort of how you see yourself and going in that direction, it's a financial thing. So my question, you talk about engagement. OK, you talk about mm-hmm. engagement. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts. This one's big because you got a big team. You work with a mm-hmm. real big team and you work with a team that engagement is like <laughs> it's super important. I mean, you work with students, yeah. all of your life coaches are working with students every single day. So engagement and keeping morale high and energy mm-hmm. high I, um, to the listeners. I don't know if there's a area on campus where energy is higher than your area. So kudos to you for being a leader in that space. When you went into COVID, you went virtual, obviously. How are you thinking about fall? about keeping morale high because morale's low nationwide right so if you're listening to this and morale's low that is no that is normal i mean not normal i mean that is what everyone's facing 
how are you planning to boost morale? We've got, I feel like it's almost like a new starting gate. Fall is like new. So we get to start new. So this is your opportunity to do something new. What are your thoughts going for engagement for virtual hybrid employees, that kind of thing? Yeah. So I've got some, I got some good reflection on this. When we went into COVID, one thing our VP did was we had a daily, we had a daily touch point with the entire team. There were like 35 of us and every day, we got on a call and every day she gave us the updates she could because it was a lot of uncertainty. And I will tell you that was so reassuring and I could feel that the team felt like, okay, we're all in this together. And I think knowledge communication is the key to all, like that's the, it's if you're like doing the hierarchy of needs, I truly believe that communication is at that foundation. And that I think really set our team up for success. Now, after a couple of weeks, we kind of got in a groove. We started meeting weekly and eventually now we meet, I think bi-weekly as a full team. But then we've got pockets of teams that are meeting on a really regular cadence. One-on-ones did not stop in COVID and they won't stop. Um, you know, and that I think was key. I think as I look around to, um, everywhere, you know, I'm like, are you having a one-on-one with your boss every week? And there, I think there's too many people saying that they're not, Mm -hmm. that concerns me. So for me, I think you have to know, you have to know what the decisions that are being made that impact you. Mm -hmm. And that's part of engagement, I think, is feeling like you're part of that process, feeling like you're in the know, feeling like, you know, why we're doing X, Y, and Z. You know, we did a lot of things different in COVID. And I think there's a difference between telling people this is what we're doing and not kind of going in the steps. Mm -hmm. And we're all guilty of that in in times of crisis, right? Like, we just got to do it. But I think the communication is so important. I think we've got to keep it moving forward. And I think as we, as we have all remote employees, as we have in-person employees, as we have hybrid employees, you got to find a way to still make that work. Mm-hmm. You got to find a way to keep the communication lines open. Because for me, that's number one for engagement. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think I pro- I'm going to take a guess that you struck a nerve with 99% of listeners with when you say communication. I think... When, when I see these data points, and there's no one knows exactly why, but there's a mass exodus of employees in higher ed to go somewhere else right now. And I, and I can be biased, but I feel like it's communication. I feel like because we dropped the ball on communication in this last year, this last year and a half, here's, I, I, this is something I've been preaching. And I, I, I use this in every meeting you're in. Once you feel like you are over communicating, you're communicating just right. Like once you've gotten to that level, once you feel like, oh, I'm kind of over, over communicating at this point, you're doing it just right at this point, right? Because everyone's on different time zones and, and work, work balances. So yeah, the, and being very structured with it. I'm a big fan of saying on Wednesdays, this information comes out. Here's some, you know, having this kind of structured approach. You don't like drop the ball because leaders have a lot going on, right? So that has to now be an even more of a focal point. So one more thing I want to add to that is uh, I went I went to a virtual conference this year, this last year and Malcolm Gladwell was one of the the keynotes and he spoke to this shift from this very hierarchy um, like decision making process and you say what it is and that's 
that's what it is. What your boss says goes like that was very big with boomers. Um, and we're moving into this more community based, Mm -hmm. um, decision-making process of people want to feel like they're part of the decision. And I think that's critical. And I think it's really critical in higher ed, especially in larger institutions where it's, there's a lot, you know, the, 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 the org chart is massive, right? You know, it's, um, you know, we work at an institution where we have access to VPs all the time. I mean, anybody does, right? So that, that looks different at, you know, depending on how, you know, big your, big your organization is. But I think that is, I think that's critical. And I think I hear from people all the time that they just want to be part of the process. They just want to be part of the decision-making and not to say that they won't accept what the decision is, but they need to be part of, of getting to that answer does that make sense and that's really stuck with me um what he talked about in that and he kind of actually used um the civil rights movement with martin luther king Mm -hmm. as the example of this very like was very organized you know it was very um this is what we're going to do it was extremely strategic and it was like i the orders went out and everybody followed and that and it worked in that time Mm -hmm. and he compared that to the black lives matters movement and how it's much more community-based. It's much more spread out. It's much more autonomous. People are making decisions in their own communities about how to do that. And it's also working. And those are two very different and very powerful ways of doing things. But he talked about these generation preferring this more community activism and a very um, kind of group process of, of decision-making and, and impact. And that has stuck with me a lot. And so as I think about engaging people, regardless of if they're online or in person, I think, I think we got to remember that just the boss telling you to do something doesn't resonate anymore the same way it may have 20, 30 years ago. I think that's my takeaway for today. That's an interesting, when you, uh, and I have not heard that talk. I love Godwell, uh, one of my favorite uh, art, um, writers, but I've never thought of it that way when you put it into MLK movement to uh, Black Lives Matter. That's interesting, that community mm-hmm. base. I think- and, and you think about Black Lives Matter, it happened in a very, um, very hybrid time. Digital focus. It's, happen- it's not just happening on the ground. It is happening yeah. on the ground, but it's also happening on the line. Yeah. It's happening in there's community building. Mm-hmm. And I like so that. I don't, Think there, I think it is possible to build community. I think it's possible to have employees engaged. I think you have, you can't just replicate what you did in person though. Yep. Oh, in 100%. Same, yep. So I think supporting people and what they need for, for, for just to, you know, to work and their preferences, I think is going to be critical. I think what people are fighting with and, and hadn't struggling with is everybody's coming back every day and and there's no reason why I can't give you a why it's because I said so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's you know and I think people are feeling like I worked my butt off my productivity maybe even went up I worked harder for you in this last year and a half and now you're just telling me that I'm going to come back Mm. and it's it's not a conversation that's what I'm I'm hearing in communities, you know, mostly online communities that involve 
multiple people from different, you know, institutions, not just saying, I think I'm actually really happy with the way, um, you know, our institution kind of responded to what the, what the student needs. There's, it's, it's all over the board, you know, it's not like a, this is the way we're doing it one way or, you know, I, I think there's gotta be, there's gotta be conversation. I like there's, that. Yeah. I, I like what you say about answering the why. Right. Answer the why are you coming back? I'd be very clear about it. not because I told you to, but because of X, Y, and Z. I like that. I like that a lot. And we're right now, I know my why. I know I'm in the office a couple of days a week because as a leader, I'm building community with my team. And as a person who serves students, I'm able to see my students face to face. I know that that's my why. Mm -hmm. But if it was, I need you to be back all five days, I would struggle with that because I think I can't accomplish that in two, three, four days on campus and not, and, and have a day of true productivity, you know, in the background. But um, I think the conversation is so important. And I think that's the takeaway is we got to be talking to employees. We got to, they got to know why you need them there five days a week. Hey, I think the moral story to kind of, kind of uh, wrap us up. I think the moral story is if you're a leader and that doesn't mean a title leader. You're just a leader. A leader doesn't mean you have a specific title necessarily. Is is look at how to build that community at answering that why, answering that that value system of what we value. I think promotion and thinking about careers moving forward, thinking about what you brought up, bringing up community online, on ground, make sure they, they support each other quite a bit is essential because for under 40% of, <laughs> of employees are leaving. And that's costly, right? We have these emotional attachments to our friends at work, but it costs the organization a lot of money when people turn over. And you as a leader have an opportunity to stop that, <laughs> from stop that from happening, from, from leaning into these, these elements. So lean into it, please. please. I'm begging you, <laughs> begging you, lean into it. Okay, well, this was fun. We didn't get in too big of a fight. Hey, I, there's no thrown shoes. Hey, that's why we do this virtually because I'm always afraid that, you know, Aaron's going to attack me while I'm on some Exactly. Point. Thanks for listening to Disrupt You. Have a question for the host? Just send that over to Dr. York via Twitter at Prof D York, and it could be featured on the show. We'll see you next week for another dive into the future of higher education.